Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. If it was that easy, then dads could do it. So we know, mom, mom we really honor you. It's like a kid going to mom. Mom, where's this? Mommy, where's that? Mommy, why can't I find this? Mommy, how I get this? Mommy, get that? Mommy, how, where are you? And when they go to the dad, all they say is, dad, where's mom? Not being easy, being a mom. And it's interesting, this scripture in Matthew chapter 7, if you, so that's me, all right, if you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more, say how much more, is ready, is your heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask Him. Such an interesting contrast that, that we are imperfect. King James translates that word evil. It's not really the word evil, but in comparison to God, there's such a strong contrast that it's we who are imperfect. Only God is perfect, but we instinctively know how to do good things for our children. How much more the Heavenly Father? And that contrast is often used in Scripture as a, a figure of speech where two opposites will be uh, taught or expounded with the goal of bringing a, an inclusive truth across. For example, in John chapter, chapter 3, Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. He's a religious man. He comes at night. But in two chapters later, we find that... Thanks, Richard. Richard, we're going to take up the offering while uh, I preach. You can see there's been a lot going on here this morning. And as a good elder in the house, he's quite aware that uh, the lights and uh, rent and uh, has to be uh, financed. So thank you for your generosity. Maybe we should stand up and pray again. <laughs> so, so as we're doing that, the Bible uses these contrasts, like in John chapter 2, and then John chapter 4, we see Jesus goes to a Samaritan, a woman, who in their culture, it was improper for him to speak to. But it's those contrasts that show the all-inclusiveness of the gospel and what Jesus came to do. And this scripture, our imperfection compared to God's perfection, is contrasted. What I want to do this morning, being Mother's Day, on the back of the story of, of Mary, the appearance of the angels, a woman found favor in the sight of God, a virgin conceived, bore the Savior into the world. I want to contrast a story that's a bit different. It's a story of another lady. 
and maybe at the end, Lee, just be ready if we do that dance again. Because it might make sense in light of the contrast. Amen. I want to speak about another young woman who was barely 17 years old when she found out that she was pregnant. But this, unlike Mary's pregnancy, was not immaculate conception. And when she went to her parents, she was in great fear, great shame. And, you know, often we think God can't relate to to situations like that. But in Christ, God became a man. And his own mother felt the scorn and the suspicion and the rejection. You can imagine a young girl 2,000 years ago coming home saying, I'm pregnant. This young, this contrast woman I'm speaking about also felt those emotions of, of rejection and hurt. And the first advice her mother-in-law gave was to say, we immediately are going to set an appointment with a, at the hospital for you to get a DNC. You're way too young. You can never get married. You're never going to have the ability and the responsibility to take care of a child. It's best you terminate. And many women have been faced with the anguish of that decision. And if you've never had to face that, then best we don't judge those who've been in a situation that we don't understand, we don't fully comprehend. And rather than walking around with picket cards for pro-life, yes, of course we're pro-life, but we pro-love and pro the hope of Jesus before. And so many have felt marginalized because they, they've been through that process or, or had an abortion or had terminated just as much pain as, as someone who loses a child to miscarriage. Very disappointing and depressing. And this young girl decided not to go that route. But like the song says, I want to keep my baby. She kept her baby. And she found out people, her family got around her, got married, uh, unfortunately got divorced, got married, unfortunately got divorced, Life didn't turn out exactly the way she thought it would. But she kept her child. And to the single moms out there, we want to say a big well done. We want to say you are champions. Those of you who took up a child, took up the responsibility. And this woman did. She had to educate herself at one stage where she had no education. And she worked herself up into branch manager of Fashini's branch here in South Africa. And she got through and she put food on the table. And yes, life was tough. And yes, there were lots of uh, empty vodka bottles left over the night after. And yes, she uh, had nothing to do with church and despised the Bible, so much to a point that when one of her children came home, uh, having been given a Bible, she took it and put it in the dustbin and said, we'll have none of that in this house. And she got called into school from a very early grade because her son continued to not understand what it means to sit down and 
be quiet. You know, you spend your first three years of a child's life teaching them to talk and walk. And then they go to school and they get taught how to sit down and shut up. And she would be called on often to, to come and intervene because he just didn't understand that he had to sit in one place for very long and was more caught up in imagination games than trying to work out uh, uh, acad- academics to a point where they recommended a remedial school and said he's not coping with normal school. Send him on the remedial school, which had a little bit of a stigma back in the days, but even that didn't help. And he kept failing and School life was a mess. Mom's life was a mess. Men came and went. Children basically raised themselves. And then one day she got the dreaded phone call from the school. The police have arrested your son for giving out drugs. There was no proof of selling, but for giving out drugs in the school, he's been arrested You'll have to go down to the police station to bail him out or get an attorney. He's going to be expelled. But none of that changed the course of her son's life. All those skirmishes with the authorities, all those skirmishes with aggression and, and anger just deepened in his heart a, a, a resentment. And eventually he just... After even six months of rehabilitation, strict regimental style rehabilitation, there was no cure. And one day she just went to his room and he was gone. And many months later, she got a phone call from him saying, Mom, the most amazing thing has happened. Have have you ever heard about the gospel? And he began to expound to her what had happened on his travels, on his hitchhiking around the country. He'd stopped at a certain place. And, he, and through a series of circumstances and events, had had a deep encounter with the love of God. And she kind of fobbed it off as one of his things that he does. And she said, well, long as you don't get boring, I preferred it when you were clubbing. Then if you now get all religious and... She was anti-antagonistic and deeply negative towards the church. And on a few occasions over the following years, he had the opportunity to share the gospel. Nothing changed in her heart for many years. And I want to just say to you that some of you are dealing with children who are resistant to the gospel, the word to you today is don't give up. Some of you with parents that are resistant to the gospel, don't give up. Those seeds you sow will find soil eventually in their lives. Even if you don't see it in a year or five years or ten years, don't begin to speak negative seed into that ground. Because if you keep trusting and keep believing As a parent, I want to say to you, you and your house shall be saved. Hang on to that. Hang on to that word. Walk in belief to it. The young man received a phone call. Or before that, I I wish I could say his life 
dramatically improved overnight. It didn't. There was much to work through. You know, I said last week that God saves us in an instant when we put our faith in Him. But it takes a lifetime for our minds to be renewed so that our spirit lines up with our mind. And I want to continue that series over the next few weeks. I believe it's a word for us for now. Because we get saved, we are made righteous, and we are put in right standing with God instantly when we put our faith in God. But over many years, he struggled with the renewing of his mind, and especially the deep bitterness. Even soon after you're saved, he, he spent time with his dad who, who lived here in Durban. In fact, not far from here. Sunnyside Lane? Anyone familiar? Lahey Park? And he sat on a park bench there with his dad who, 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 who he just poured his heart out for the first time, just wept and sobbed and spoke about just some of his anger and deep repressed feelings towards his mom. But then came a day when he got a phone call. And he got a phone call on her dying deathbed. And she said to him, I had to get hold of you. I had to tell you something. Something amazing has happened. Now, this is before the day of cell phones. You had actually, you know, phone. And she said, I've been trying to get hold of you, but I had to tell you that the most incredible thing happened. I was lying in the hospital, in, in the, the dormitory, and I suddenly, I don't know if I was dreaming or if I was having a vision, but these angels were walking around amongst the people. And one came over to my bed, and he put his hand on the bottom of my bed, and he just looked at me. And in that moment, I remembered all the things you told me about why Jesus had to come and die as a sacrificial lamb, why he had to shed his blood, why we have to put our faith in him and what he's done, that we can't stand perfect before God because our own righteousness is, is not adequate. We have to find a savior. We have to find someone who stood in our place. The cross just made sense. And I, I felt a deep peace coming over me. And I want to tell you, my son, I believe I believe Jesus is who you say he is. I believe, I, I, I haven't read the Bible a lot. I haven't been to church a lot. But I know that I know that I know. And in that moment, the angel they all disappeared. And I didn't know if I'd been sleeping or in a trance or in a dream. But I'm ready to meet my God through Jesus Christ. And that was 20 years ago. And her son was delighted in that. And very soon after that phone call, he was walking in the same Lahi Park cricket area. And he came across the, the trees and the benches where he had 20 years before sat and, and sobbed and brokenhearted and angry and, 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 and deeply suppressed animosity towards what he went through, what he saw, what he grew up in, and his experiences. And let me t tell you that this story is not a unique story. This is a one in three story. I mean, if I were to ask you this morning to stand up, if you've been through something like this, I'm sure half the church would stand up. That's not what's unusual. Psychologists will say, yes, it had something to do with divorce. 
Yes, it had something to do with unwanted pregnancy. It might have something to do with, you know, words that were spoken when they were young. Psychologists will say uh, it, it might have been the social environment and, and, and all these things. But whatever people say is not the final word. The final word is what does God say about that child? Mary, did you know that in your womb is one who will walk on water? In your womb is one who will carry the sins of the earth. Yes, right now we look on the outside and she could have been judged. Walking down the street, a pregnant single woman. You see, but what looks on the outside isn't the same as what's happening on the inside. And the inside is what matters what God sees and what God says. So don't look at the outward situation. Don't look at the, 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 the weakness and the, the failure and the uh, brokenness. Look from God's perspective. God says through this child, all nations are going to be saved. God's looking at your situation you face right now. And in the natural, it might look impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Let God have the last word in your life. Let God have the last word with your child. Let God have the last word with your parents. Many of you, I know, have grown up with a deep uh, disappointment because parents didn't match up to what our expectations were. You know, when we were babies, we thought they knew everything. Then we became teenagers and we knew they knew nothing. But then we had our own kids and realized they did know something. Could almost relate to why some animals eat their young. You know, when they're asleep, you say, oh, so beautiful. Oh, she's so cute. I'm going to eat her up. And then when she's a teenager, you think, I wish I'd eaten her that day. I know no one in this church. but And when you have your own kids, all of a sudden you realize, you know, mom was just trying her best. It wasn't easy. It was tough. And that's why we honor mothers, because moms are just doing their best. Of course, I'm including dads, but that's another story. But now the mom, you are just doing your best. And, and when we have our own kids, we realize that. And I remember soon after she passed away, sitting in Lahi Park here, that same bench, saw that same bench where 20 years earlier he had sat weeping with his father, pouring his heart out. He walked through that same part of Lahi Park and sat on that bench and suddenly tears began to flow. But these weren't tears of anger. These were tears of joy. Tears of joy after hearing that his mother had received Jesus. Tears of joy in knowing that he's going to see her again. Because that's how we receive eternal life. By believing the gospel. And a deep work of love in his heart and forgiveness came. I want to tell you, you know the old saying, you, you know, you must forgive, you know, but you'll never forget and all that. Well, there might be something true there. But if, if our not forgetting has still got hurt and bitterness, then we haven't had forgiveness work its way in our life. Or maybe you've tried to forgive in your own strength. So you know it's the right thing to do as a Christian to forgive. You don't know what my father did. You don't know what my mother did. But I'm going to forgive them because I know that's the Christian thing to do. So we forgive, and we say, well, I can't forget. 
It takes a miracle of the grace of God working forgiveness in our hearts. And he sat there on that park bench weeping and sobbing and feeling the unconditional love of God flowing through his heart. You know who that forgiveness is more for? It's not for the person that we are resentful towards. It's for ourselves. They receive forgiveness from the same place you do. But drinking poison and expecting them to be sick is bizarre. And holding grudges against people and think that's going to turn on them is just bizarre. But when we realize that God so loved the world, and in that love, our lives can be transformed. I want to speak to someone here this morning. Come on, I want to say to somebody who may be repressed under the guise of, yes, well, I've forgiven them. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, give me a deep work of repentance and forgiveness in my heart so that I will be healed, so that I will be delivered, so that I will come out of this prison. I've been holding this grudge in my life. I know she... She abandoned me as a young baby, and I can never, ever forgive her for that. I know that she uh, ran away with someone and never came home, and I can never forgive her for that. My friend, today, all things are possible with God. God was with you in her stomach, even uh, watching over you as your unformed body was being uh, knitted together. That beautiful Psalm 139, you saw my unformed body as it was being knitted together in my mother's womb. And how wonderful are your works. Every day before me was, you knew about it. Your thoughts to me are so wonderful. If I were to number them, they'd outnumber the grains of sand. Psalm 139 says, God saw you in your mother's womb. And when other people saw another story, God saw his story. And his story for those who trust him and put their confidence in him. And say, God, I'm not going to let bitterness and hurt rob me from the best years of my life. But I'm going forward with a spirit of forgiveness and love. Mary, did you know? So... I want to dedicate this Sunday to my mom, who that story was about. And I felt quite strange doing this because it's not, a, it's not an all about me Sunday. But I hope someone gets courage yet today. I hope someone gets a little bit of confidence to know that our moms just did their best, the single moms in a difficult world. And mom... Maybe in some way you are aware of this service. I had a sense in preparing this message that my own mom in heaven, because she's not the dead, she's the living. I don't speak to her, that's forbidden. But I had a sense of, of like she had knowledge. She, she was aware that I was going to be talking about her today. And she was smiling and saying, go my boy, you tell them. You tell them Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's hope for even the most hopeless situation. For those who've been abandoned, there's hope. For those who've been rejected, there is hope. Tell the moms out there that you're doing better than you think you're doing. And you just got to keep on keeping on and keep on trusting and never give up. Because with God, all things are possible. 
And I wanted to dedicate this Sunday to her. And I wanted to dedicate this Sunday to all the moms sitting here. And concluding with this verse, if you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask Him? Can we stand up? What are you wanting to ask Him for? What are you needing the Father to do in your life? Is it to forgive? Because if that's you, I want to pray now and include you in my prayer. We're not going to make a big show of it, but you know who you are. And right now, can I... I was going to say keyboard, but we didn't have a keyboard. Just right now, where you're standing, just let the peace of God just come upon you. How much more, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the things you need and ask for? So right now, Holy Spirit, if there's someone here needing healing in their heart, when it comes to a relationship with their mom. Come Holy Spirit. Would you do a deep work? Would you cause today for a seed to be planted which is going to grow into a beautiful tree that's going to bring grace to many? And Lord, if it's forgiveness we need, if it's deliverance from fear and hopelessness. Looking back and thinking, if only, if only I'd done that. If only I'd done that. If only I, I, Be free this morning from if onlys. And in its place, we declare God is able. And God is even able to take a, what seems to be a pitiful disaster and weave it into something that brings Him glory. If you believe that this morning, say amen.